And thank you again for making the time to take the time and listen in. I certainly believe people's stories make our stories much better as long as we listen and unlearn what we thought was right to relearn what is right. Uh, again, Jay Fuller Interviews is where you can find all of these interviews on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as now the Backfire Podcast with Jeff Fuller of Jay Fuller Interviews on Google Podcasts and Apple iTunes. One with a tremendous story is the one, the only Amy P. Kelly. Amy, welcome in. Thank you. And I just want to jump first to Tammy Matheny, mutual friend, a phenomenal connector. And uh, knowing that there are people in your life rooting you on and helping you connect with others, what do you think about people like Tammy that do such a job just connecting one another? Well, I think that that's how we all get to hear each other's stories and we learn and we grow. So it goes along with why you have this podcast. Tammy is absolutely an amazing individual and her work is something that when she shared it with me, I embraced it and used it immediately and have had the pleasure of sharing it with quite a few people that I work with. So that that's just sort of a fundamental to to people who are living their purpose i think is how do we connect the purpose of helping and serving others and that's through um you know other people and it it, it's a really quick it's it's the fastest way to spread information right yeah and amy i love what you said right there about uh helping people and serving people. And I think once we understand that our life is to help and to serve, we understand that there's uh, much more meaning and fulfillment in that. Um, When you think about those that you've been able to meet because you've desired to serve them now, has that changed from when you were younger or from or had a different perspective early on? Well, I have grown a lot as a human being since I was younger. I, so I, I, as a, as a person, I've always wanted to be helpful and to be of service. I know that was in my heart from, from the very beginning. However, I wasn't always so intentional because I also wanted attention, honestly, and I wanted to do well myself. And so sometimes I didn't really have the experience or, the knowledge or the self-control to kind of slow down and say, how do I best serve? And so as I've gone through life, I've learned a a lot about how to better serve and and continue to learn about that. So it's always been something I've intended to do and and it didn't always work out exactly that way. And, And many of those, I'm very grateful for the lessons that I learned when it didn't go quite that way. Right. And I think for myself, it's understanding that the more I serve, the greater my platform where I used to think, hey, how can I build a platform by stepping on people? But it didn't take long to realize that was how you burnt bridges uh, very quickly. And for yourself, it's uh, Amy P. Kelly one, the number one Amy P. Kelly one on Instagram. But again, going back to Tammy Matheny, who introduced me to several individuals, And then I kind of Facebook stalked and I saw that Catherine Gordon had written a book and I was like, oh, maybe she'd want to become a guest on my show podcast, which she answered and replied, yes. Well, then as I started doing more research, I was like, whoa, I think this Catherine Gordon is married to 
the John Gordon that has all of this leadership material, all this inspiration, so many books. And uh, she graciously came on and then Tammy introduced me to you. And there's a connection there with the Energy Bus Field Guide. I apologize while I'm kind of grabbing for the the right slide, but I just want to bring that up for you. When you had opportunity to uh, work with John and this field guide, how did that all come about, first of all? Yeah, so thank you for mentioning. It, it. It's all about what you just said, service, and just people appreciating good um, work and good service. So at a, there was one point in my life where I had a business that did not work out. And after that, it learned a lot. It was a, it was a phenomenal experience. And after that happened, I met some authors that wrote a book, not, not the energy bus yet, but I'm getting there. I met some authors that wrote a book called the lemonade stand. And that was Ara Bagdasarian and Nick Gustafson. And they taught me two very important things that led me to meeting um, that were very instrumental in how things progressed to getting to work with John. And um, what they showed me was that, you know, challenges are just opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really thought I was a failure when my business didn't work out. I really was comfortable wearing the, the, the banner of failure. And they really helped me to change my mindset about that. And then the second thing was that, um, just seeing problems as opportunities, seeing challenges as opportunities was really how businesses were created. Our businesses exist because they're solving problems. And so it allowed me to think about, you know, I really just want to make my mission to help other business owners with their problems and solve them. So I I thought I've had this wonderful experience. And so I went back into a business and I made that my mission. And through that being the mission of solving problems, helping other people solve their problems and teaching wherever a problem was solved that that added value, I made sure that I was trying to train or teach other people how to do it. So with that happening, one of the resources that was referred to me was John's book, The Energy Bus. And someone said you would, you know, it was a team member who said you would really love this book. It's an amazing book. And after reading it, we, we at that particular company used the book for some of our learning development and organizational strategies and programs. And at the end of that endeavor, it was a highly successful endeavor. And I, John and I got to know each other. And through our discussions, he said, would you write the Energy Bus Field Guide with me? Because we want to give this same um, material uh, to help other businesses, you know, use this and and help their people, their teams and their organizations really thrive. And so that was where the Energy Bus Field Guide came from. And again, Amy P. Kelly, amypkelly.com is where you can find more information and uh, so many questions and I'll try to settle down. I'm just excited to speak to you and uh, I really enjoyed the Energy Bus. Uh, So uh, I guess backing up for you, do you love writing? Have you always enjoyed writing? Was that an easy endeavor or did that take more time or more out of you to develop the, the art of writing and putting together the field guide? Well, I do love writing and I, I, I like the attempts at communicating successfully. It's not always, communication is, is kind of a fun puzzle, right? Yes. Uh, you can think you've communicated and realize down the road that it didn't go so well. 
Well, John has taught me a lot about writing and practicing writing has, has taught a lot about writing. It was absolutely putting together a field guide, which is even different from kind of your traditional right. book. Uh, and that was a challenge. And, and I learned a lot from it. I look forward to how what I learned will make future books even better. But I think that the one thing that I learned was John kept saying, simple, simple. Don't make everything so complicated, Amy. And he is definitely um, quite a genius at taking complex concepts that are powerful and valuable and putting them in a format that we can consume them and apply them and get value out of them very quickly. And so I was a student of that process and I'm still learning. <laughs> And that's good. And all is to uh, be teachable and to learn. That's something that we all can uh, learn from on Twitter. It's Amy P. Kelly. Amy P. Kelly on Instagram. It's Amy P. Kelly, the number one. Amy P. Kelly, the number one. And uh, as we bring up your website, I just had a question or a comment. I interviewed a uh, pastor uh, this morning, actually, and he shared how he struggled and went through a divorce. And it was a very difficult time for him. But he learned that everything that he was trying to preach or portray about the gospel, the, the good news of, of Jesus, he actually had to live out. And through that difficult time, he even had a greater message. I look on your website. The best leaders know that people drive the prophet, vision, purpose, and culture are what drive the people. Just share a little bit about how disappointment failure has been a motivator for you and really been an asset to you as you've taken on this new journey? Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I'm, I really had a, a personal revelation when those two initial friends and authors said, first of all, most business people learn through having something not work out. Um, Nick Gustafson and, and Ara that I mentioned, he wrote the Lemonade Stand book, and that those are valuable experiences. And the, the other thing that I learned is that the pressure that happened during my, that particular business closing, I, I, I let myself make decisions based on fear quite a few times. And very few of those fear-based decisions were good decisions. Um, were they both, they weren't strategically sound. And they also didn't always take into account the, the people, which are the most important thing. So when I talk about, I know talking to other business leaders and CEOs and, and owners of all different sized companies, everybody needs their bottom line to be healthy. No one will get paid. The business will not go on if it's not financially successful. And I have seen now time and time again, if you don't put your people first, it will not happen. And I love in John's Power of Positive Leadership book, we talk about investing in the root so that there's fruit. Yeah. And that can be, you know, sometimes when people first hear us talking about invest in the root in your culture and in your people to get the fruit, that can make people bristle because they want to focus on the outcomes. And I get it. When you love results, you want to focus on those outcomes. And they're still, but they won't, they will not happen if you don't focus on the people. So it's a big passion of mine because I do see that as service. We, when we work and when we live our lives, helping people fulfill their purpose and really enjoy their work, which I believe is possible for everyone, is, is where I'm looking to contribute for individuals and organizations. And that's why that's so prominent on the site, 
because my experience has been the return on investment happens when you use your discipline to focus on those people and not get only focused on reviewing your financial reports that are important, but not the not the only thing you should be focused on. So let's back up a little bit. Where did you grow up? I was born in Charlottesville, Virginia, and then I lived in a few different places. Uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia. I lived in Florida, Orlando, Florida. I lived in Northern Virginia. Um, some of my young professional career was in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I've, I've been in a few different places. Have you always enjoyed learning or when did that epiphany, that light turn on for you about the, the need to be a continual learner? Well, I have always enjoyed learning. And I think that in the beginning, it was equally fueled by kind of a, a desire to compete and to, to, to grow in myself, but also to to truly look and see how am I doing? Am I am I doing better than others? And you know, it, it's even you can tell probably by my hesitation that it's still even knowing now I'm still a little uncomfortable with that because, like you said, uh, I think you said steamrolling people or running over people. That was never in my heart, but I but I know that we all get different outcomes when we think about growing in conjunction with others, and that is really where I see the the opportunity. And you talked about service when you you've ne I've never learned more than when I've been helping other people. And over time, being intentional about that has unlocked kind of unimaginable joy that I don't have to be so I don't have to try as much anymore yeah. in order to do that. Well, I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation because you are very humble and you come across that way uh, in person as well as on the website. And I just thank you so much for that. Because I look at your website, I see that you uh, do consulting, leadership development, public speaking, and of which you could get a pretty large ego because you are being used in great ways to add value to others. So first of all, how do you stay humble in those moments of great opportunity? Well, I, you you touched on this a little bit about your previous guest, and I think that when you know kind of who is our, our creator, who our creator is, and, and really that we are all here um, because he will fulfill the purpose for us, it allows me to understand and 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 stay stay focused on him and not on me um then and when you're focused on him and focused on others then i think i know that that allows us to operate and in as much humility as possible humility is so funny to me it, it's so it's so important and it's it's like as soon as you might say i'm doing a decent job at it you're not <laughs> really humble anymore because you that it's it's a little bit elusive um, and i think that that's why it's such an important discussion topic for leaders because we all need to keep each other uh, in that best most productive place because it's healthy for us it's where we're supposed to be and then um, 
you know, it's, it's husband could point out or that maybe one of my children could point out in a loving way, or even God might say, you know, who do you think you are? Luckily, I, I also have, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but a lot of the work that I've done on mindsets has been because I have had a battle of my own with insecurity or a lack of confidence or feeling like I'm not enough or worthy or that I'm not really qualified to do different things. And through working through that and in having some really challenges, big challenges with it, it's also helped to leave an imprint on me of just the common um, challenge that we have as human beings with being fearful or lacking confidence in different situations. So that helps too. Yeah, and I'm smiling because my daughter's 17, my son is 19. And whenever I receive a compliment and I feel like, hey, I think I'm doing a good job, they're quick to remind me that I'm still their dad that makes mistakes. And, uh, you know, I still try to be a great husband, but I'm still selfish and immature so many times. But, uh, when you think about the importance of mindsets, and I can't remember if it's John Gordon or John Maxwell who said it, but they said, if you change how you think, you can change your behavior. But too many people want to change that behavior. And that just if I can modify that, then things are going to be better. Can you just talk about some of that process of the importance of changing your thinking? So then the the behavior comes as, as a result of that aspect? Mm -hmm. Well, I absolutely know in, in through research that I've gotten to see from other people, it's not research that I, I was doing, reading the results of other people's research and then watching and observing in life that performance improvement change starts in your mind, what you think about and what you believe. So um, I know how my mindset is fundamental and there's more and more research coming out all the time related to how our mindset in, impacts um, just what we do, our actions. Ryan Gottfriedson, and I'll send you, he has done some phenomenal research about four different sets of mindsets, inclusive of growth and um, fixed mindsets. One of that has been a huge, huge help to me in my work and I, in using that with clients. Now, one thing I will tell you, I wanted to go back to your previous question and it is related to mindsets. One thing that I found related to humility in mindset and, and is you know, just this trust in our response to people giving us encouragement and compliments because one thing that I learned along the way, instead of receiving compliments and encouragement, I, was, I would say, oh, no, 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 you know, I just have to remember how low I am. And um, there, it's, a, it's a balance of, you know, that uh, authentic understanding of the constant ability to learn from others and that we are not to be you know, wise in our own eyes and that we know everything with the good example, like a few even had my daughter say, why don't you just say thank you, mom, when someone tells you that they're excited about something that you did. So I love that whole, that you brought up humility and obviously, I didn't think it was false humility when I was saying, right, no, right. no, no, it wasn't, but it wasn't also, it wasn't a healthy. So understanding how to maintain that healthy, you know, posture of humility. And so that's connected to your mindset. And I think a, a growth mindset is inherently connected to humility because it understands that there are things to learn. And, and in 
enjoys learning, doesn't sit there and say, I'm, I, what I know is fixed and it, it, it can't grow. So it's attached to that. And in our mind, when, what we believe affects our actions, what we believe another person thinks affects how we treat them. And, how, and then because of that initial belief, you've created a whole culture and energy around your relationship. And sometimes those, you know, those mindsets weren't formed on facts. They were formed on emotions or, you know, or a wrong belief. So it's really interesting because those, our mind affects our behavior and everyone around us um, is susceptible to anything that we might have a wrong belief about or a wrong mindset. And that's, I think, why it's so important, like as you mentioned, to have um, have a desire to learn so you can, well, correct some of those uh, things that you believed about yourself that weren't that weren't true. When I when I look at this, I have to I laugh because I, I think of the energy bus field guide, Amy Kelly with John Gordon. And uh, do you have to kind of pinch yourself to understand the availability that you made to be a part of something so big that just seems to have a lot of positive momentum. And I guess the, the main question is like just meeting John Gordon. Did you ever have a dream to meet John Gordon or just you had that opportunity and now it's just taken off because you've held it, um, you know, so tightly and respectfully. Well, I, I did, I, the first, kind of exposure that I had to all the great things that John was doing with his work was when my colleague gave me his book. Now, immediately when I read the book, as with millions of other people now who've read the book, right. Right. I recognized a kinship around what's important to have successful relationships at, in life and in work. Um, now, at the time, you know, I didn't know that there were, would be millions of other people that, that felt that way. Um, in meeting John, we both have a passion for serving other people, and he wants to positively impact the world one person at a time, you know, create a more positive world by impacting people one positive interaction at a time. And so when we talked about I my love is learning and development and, you know, the, the chief learning officer role inside businesses and, and how to help people and organizations, it's related to what he's doing and we just saw opportunity to support each other and to um and what has really been enjoyable over the past five years is looking at you know the power of a positive team which yeah. is where i do a lot of my work with john and john's material is how no one creates success alone and we all need a team to be successful and i think the reason I say that is to answer your question about John, but also in our working relationship, but also it's connected to humility. That helps keep you humble too, is knowing that if you look back through anything that we've achieved in our lives, we never did it just by ourselves. There are always people, people we can recall, and sometimes people who are like, hey, if you didn't thank me from the stage, because there, there are so many interactions that go into someone's seeming success moment right. and it's never by themselves. So uh, no, I had no idea about at the time, really the magnitude of the impact John and his work were already making. And I did know it was a blessed partnership. 
and that we had a, a shared focus in our hearts to really help individuals, teams, and organizations, you know, improve their performance and their lives through positive interaction. And the website is amypkelly.com. Twitter's at amypkelly. And on Instagram, it's amypkelly1, the number one, amypkelly, the number one. Why the P? What does the P stand for in the middle of your website, amypkelly.com? Thank you, Jeff. You know, we, we got to have a little bit of a conversation about this. The, the P is in between my first name and last name. And the P is my grandmother's name. It stands for Pauline, which is my middle name. And it definitely honors her. And I also use that in my professional life because I believe that the power is on the inside of each person to fulfill your unique purpose. And so that P signifies the power on the inside to fulfill that purpose. And that, that's why I leave it there. And, and that's what it means in the context of the work that I do. I like that. Um, being a woman in your profession, what are some of the difficulties you face that have really helped, but some of the things that have happened because you are female that you wish you didn't have to struggle or work through again and again? Well, I would say that one thing that I'm aware of, you know, there are, pro there are all kinds of things that you're never aware of that um, may have happened to you, with you, because of different um, factors about your who you are. And when it comes to me being a, a woman, I think the things that I get a lot of questions about and have worked to help is from working mothers. And um, I know there are working fathers there. are You know, I'm just saying because I am a mom of four and I have given birth to twins um, that are just turned 18, boy, girl twins, and then 13 and 12 year old, many women who are having babies who were wanting to, to balance whatever they wanted to call it, they wanted to learn about my particular experience as a mom working. And so I have never, I, I feel very grateful that I, inside of me, I think probably other people would, would prefer this same situation to be uh, appreciated for the value that I bring to an organization independent of my gender. Um, now I know that that's not everyone's experience. I know that for a fact, I, I've actually seen that too. Now, with me, the area where I have felt called to particularly share my experience has been as a working mom. And one thing that you brought up, um, just God and, and our, our lives and our purposes. And one thing that I share with women who ask about that is that my model for a working woman is Proverbs 31. Because the thing about her in scripture is that it doesn't really say what she looked like, what any much about her other than she was righteous wherever she went. You could trust her that she was also she was a businesswoman because she was buying and selling land. She was making transactions and she honored her husband. She honored her children. And so I always use that as my focal point. Look, I don't need to be concerned or worried about where I am or what I'm doing. 
I need to be righteous wherever I go. That will honor the, the children that I've had that I love. And so um, when it comes to, to kind of women issues, I've, I've always tried to help um, women that were getting overwhelmed thinking, oh, if I'm not here, I'm supposed to be there. If I'm not there, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to do this or look that way or do things a certain way. And I said, you know, something that's given me a lot of peace and a lot of freedom is just saying, however I do this, I will do it as a righteous businesswoman that has been called to be a blessing to her family and those around her. And how we do it is probably going to look different. And that's actually a really great thing. It's a wonderful thing. We don't want to all experience um, our lives and our businesses and our leadership in the exact same way. So that's probably the area of women in business that I'm most passionate about um, and helping people to not get kind of caught up in how do you do something? I'm like, you don't have to do it the same way as everyone else. This has been helpful for me. I hope it's helpful for them. And that's wisdom. And I thank you so much for uh, for sharing that. As, as we look to wrap up in a few questions, what was the most difficult thing for you, your family, during this last 16 months in the middle of a pandemic? But so much other things took place over this last year and a half. But for you and your family, what was the most difficult? Hmm. It has been a lot of um, so many different categories of, I think probably the, the most difficult thing is watching people in so much pain, you know, yeah. so many, whether it's my children's friends from school, if they, they didn't really see them in person a lot of times, you know, um, watching people lose things that were important to them, even though that there, there was still a lot to be grateful and, and happy about. The reality was there were, there were many days where the magnitude of people's pain was just so great and sometimes not knowing what to do, you know, not knowing how to be helpful. And so, we experienced ups and downs and, and pain and, and different aspects of loss. And certainly everyone's, there are lots of different degrees of that. I'm very grateful um, that we were all healthy during this time and that we were together. So the biggest thing was other people's pain and wanting to help and not always knowing how to help. Yeah, I know for myself, full time, I'm a pastor. And uh, just recently, we've, we've been able to gather together for our Sunday morning church, we, we meet outside, but there have been more than one divorce that's taken place over this last year. We've had several children born and grow up that they used to be infants. And now they're walking around. But it does not look the same as it was somebody just said that we need to return to what's familiar not to what's normal, because normal has gone. For you, when you think back over this last year and a half, how have you grown most in your leadership from going through pain and trial? Well, the most growth has been in the area of teams, and whether that's family or otherwise. And there was a moment where you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know what to do. And I just prayed about it. And I said, I'm going to obey, of course, whatever, I, you know, I, I knew I wanted to obey, and I wanted to make that decision. 
And one of the things that I heard about in my prayer was just meet with people, meet with people on your team. Do not stop meeting together, hold meetings, hold. And the reason I'm bringing that up is I really learned that you cannot skip the communicating, the connecting. You will not have any commitment and care, which that is actually, at the time, I wasn't trying to live out the power of a positive team book by John Gordon, <laughs> even though probably people who look at me, you see, you know, I definitely am a fan. I, I work for him and with him because I believe yeah. in what he does. But at the time, it was out of obedience. It was meet with people, connect with people, listen, and just that way, if you really want to help, your commitment and care will show. And through that, I learned a lot because no amount of strategy or best practices or knowledge of how to have remote teams was as effective as listening to people, meeting with people. And it was crazy because about seven or eight months in, John and I were talking and I, I or we had been talking about it, but I noticed, and, and I was by myself when I noticed in the book, and it said, positivity is the glue in powerful teams. And, and to me, one of the things that I'm working on is related to glue. Glue stands for God's love unites everyone. And to me, I realized that just loving people as, you know, it sounds, I know people want to love others. <laughs> I believe they do. And sometimes you don't know how, but it comes down to, you have to communicate. You can't stop listening because you can't move to caring and commitment and that consistent communication leads to real connection. And so how to do that um, at, a, at a more elevated level is what I learned and I'm still learning. But I would have sacrificed communication sometimes for a good strategy or a great policy or, and I, I won't do that again because I saw it. That's so good. And I just want to bring up your website once more, amypkelly.com, amypkelly.com, the mission to ignite the power on the inside of individuals and organizations for maximum growth. I know for myself, I like to uh, coach basketball. I'm more of the assistant to the assistant on the uh, JV basketball team. But sometimes I think I can notice the potential in a student before they believe it about themselves. Can you just talk about how we can foster that belief so in that positivity they can believe it but sometimes it's hard when students are young or come from broken places to really realize there is something positive that can fuel them forward well i love that you brought up belief i i haven't had anyone respond and say they don't understand what i'm about to say yet so I, people know when when you believe in them people know when you don't believe in them. And I've seen it in corporations and in families. And so you, as coaches, as leaders, setting your mind to say, I am going to believe that there is potential and value in this person and I am going to act like it. And I want them to be able to feel it because I don't, it's it's really, I, I know that sounds simple, but it's in a, you have to set your mind that no matter what, and I've seen on teams when I wasn't aware uh, or consciously aware that I had kind of given up on someone. And, you know, looking back, I'm like the, the momentum of the downward performance accelerated 
when I chose not to believe in them anymore. It wasn't them in my estimation, it was me. And so as a coach and as an encourager, we have to do what we can to set our mind to believe the best, to even in the face of evidence that that best isn't there, overbelieve. You know, John talks about overbelieving. I'm all overbelieve because when someone feels that you have lost belief in them, you do not have the power to help them anymore. And so with coaching, choosing and then acting and asking people, you know, saying them, I really believe in you. How can I help you? I believe in you and what you're doing, saying it, asking, doing it. And, and, And it manifests in both of you through that commitment. It becomes a reality. And that's certainly a phenomenal reminder just of coaching and the power that we have as coaches to uh, just to impact others. AmyPKelly.com on Twitter. It's Amy P. Kelly on Instagram. It's Amy P. Kelly, the number one, Amy P. Kelly, the number one. And the book is The Field Guide, The Energy Bus Field Guide, uh, John Gordon with Amy P. Kelly. And uh, Amy, we thank you so much for Thank you for the time and sharing with us today. And uh, I just want to ask you this final question, stolen from Hernando Planos, the Be Contagious podcast, basketball coach, a uh, friend of mine. If, or in your case, when, when the feature film is made about your life, who plays you in that feature film? Hmm. You know, <laughs> I'd like to have my sister play me. But I, I, I think, um, I don't know. I'm going to get back to you, Jeff. I, I haven't thought about that one yet. That's a good, I know it's a good question, but I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. So to be continued. So this, you know, we'll have a part two. So Amy, uh, thank you for giving us that, uh, that foreshadowing of things to come. But uh, Amy, we wish you all the best. Thank you again. And I am so excited that things are opening up for you and others that are speaking and consulting because though technology is great, there is something about that personal touch, connection, and communication with others. And your message is certainly one that needs to be shared and it's making a huge impact. So I just say thank you for making some time today for us and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And again, that's Amy Kelly, amypkelly.com. My name is Jeff Fuller, Jay Fuller Interviews on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Jay Fuller Interviews, and the Backfire Podcast with Jeff Fuller of Jay Fuller Interviews on Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, wherever there's podcasts. Make time to listen to someone's story, to unlearn what you thought was right, to relearn what is right. We're certainly better together learning from one another. With that, we're out. We'll be back soon.